What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for The Rundown with Rob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. And welcome into The Rundown. It is a Thursday afternoon edition. I am Rob Sanders, your host. As I always say, I've got so much stuff to get into today. But you know what? I I wish they'd give me more than an hour some days. Then other days, I'm like scrambling. But that's okay, though. We do what we can around here. You know, some stuff came through today. Some stuff came through yesterday. And uh, I'm going to start with today with... uh, A little bit of something that has kind of been teetering in my head a little bit. And it kind of got brought to a a head yesterday. And it involves Alabama coach Nick Saban. And Nick Saban... Make sure I get this out there before people think that I'm just completely out of my mind. Nick Saban is a great coach. Great coach. I mean, quite possibly the best coach in college football. I mean, it's, it's no joke. But here's the thing, though. I'm going to play some comments from Nick Saban where he's calling out the student section for Alabama. His full comments are up on the blog page at foxsportsradio1400.com under my, uh, under my name there, under Rob Sanders. But this is what he said about the students and how he wasn't very happy with them for not showing up and I guess making it an intimidating atmosphere out in Tuscaloosa. So check these out. So we say I was a little disappointed that there weren't more students at the last game. Um, so, and I think we're trying to address that. Uh, I don't think they're entitled to anything either. Uh, and me personally, I think it ought to be first come, first serve. And if they don't want to come to the games, they don't have to come. But I'm sure there's enough people around here to like to go to the games and would like for them to come too because they support the players. So I've never said anything about that before. You know, when I first came here, I used to play that tradition thing up there and everybody was cheering and excited and happy and there was great spirit. All right, now they don't even cheer. They introduce our players, nobody even cheers. So, um, I don't know. Maybe there's something else somebody ought to talk about. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Maybe I already talked about more than I should. So, you all can beat me up for that if you want. But, look, our players work too hard, uh, and they deserve to have everything and people supporting them in every way and have tremendous spirit for what they've done. And they may not be able to continue to do it. We're going to work hard to try to continue that. Um, But... You know, there's a part of it that other people need to support them, too. And there's got to be a spirit that makes it special to play here because that's what makes it special to be here. And if that's not here, then does it continue to be special to be here or not? I mean, that's a question everybody's got to ask, and I'm asking it right now. So um, I'm hopeful that we always had great people travel on the road with us and had great spirit on the road. And uh, we've got great fans. So I appreciate that. But, you know, to see half the student section not full, I've never seen that since I've been here before. 
Here, let me help you out, Coach Saban. I'll make this really simple for you. First of all, the students are spoiled. Yes, they are spoiled. Okay, let's let's wrap our head around that first. It's not like you lose games all the time, especially at home. Your last home loss was what to Ole Miss like three seasons ago. So it's sort of like going to see the same movie over and 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 over again. That's thing number one. But here's a thought. When you schedule your non-conference games, let's try this for a theory. Let's not schedule Louisiana Lafayette, which is the team that you're complaining about because that's the game you're complaining about. The students didn't show up for that. Uh, You were a 48-point favorite in that game, by the way. So let's, let's put that out there as well. Then, how about not scheduling the Citadel? No disrespect to the Citadel Bulldog fans. I know the last time they played an SEC team, they fared pretty well against them. I'm sure that I'll hear that on my Twitter feed, at Rob Sounds Good this afternoon. But let's be honest, that team was kind of flailing a little bit themselves, and they're not Alabama. There's only one Alabama. By the way, last year, why not schedule, uh, here's a thought, don't schedule Mercer. Don't schedule Fresno State. Don't schedule Colorado State. Do what other schools are doing. Do what your SEC West brethren are doing. Auburn schedules Clemson. Texas A&M schedules Clemson. I'm not saying you should schedule Clemson, but you can schedule Power 5 teams so there's a snowball's chance in hell that the game won't be so boring. That's why there's no kids coming to these games. They're spoiled because you win every one of them. And you're playing the Sisters of the Poor. Nobody wants to go and see that every game. And it comes back to what I've talked about for a long time now on the show. And I'm going to beat it until something happens. But here's the reality. Yes, if you look at Alabama's schedule... You have some games on there that are tough. Playing a home-and-home with Auburn is tough because of conference play. I get that. Playing against Ole Miss, Texas A&M, LSU, Mississippi State, all are tough games. But stop with this nonsense of scheduling nobody in your preseason set. And I know that Alabama fans will call me and they'll say, well, what about Florida State? We played Florida State. Yeah, but that was a neutral site game. So stop with that. Schedule a home-and-home with somebody. If you want people to show up and be excited about it, put put a team out there that there's a chance that it might be a good game. I know that's not rocket science, but I, I don't understand why people just don't get that. It's insane to me. 803-9781-832 is the number. 803-9781-832 is the number. Alabama hasn't lost a home game in forever. You know, Coach Dabo Sweeney up at Clemson, he had some uh, some stuff to say like that. Not nearly as pointed as what Saban said. But he's talking about trying to, to fill the stadium for South Carolina State. What was this, like three years ago? Two years ago, whatever it was. Nobody wants to go and see those games. You can stay at your house, especially you have the South Carolina-Missouri game this weekend, which is a pivotal game for both South Carolina and Missouri. Either Missouri will think that they can somewhat compete in the East or they're just going to have a typical Missouri season. Is South Carolina going to make the next step and go to 8, 9, 10 wins, whatever it is that they can possibly do the rest of the season? We'll find out on Saturday. That's a, that's a big game. But you know what? They have heat advisories out right now. For Saturday, because you know it's gonna be like 90 degrees at kickoff at high noon. 
if you're somebody that loves college football, you can go out and sit through that. Or you can sit at your house in front of this nice big TV like I've got in my studio here at Fox Sports Radio 1400 in the nice cool air. You know, 15 feet from your bathroom, 15 feet from your refrigerator with your nice cold beer in it. You can do that on for games like Louisiana Lafayette, Colorado State, Fresno State. By the way, Alabama won all these games by four touchdowns or more. So these games are over at the half. They beat Mercer last year in their home finale last year. They beat Mercer 56 to nothing. Who wants to go and see a game like that? I know that you only have so many Saturdays that you can see your team every season. What is it, eight, nine Saturdays, whatever the math rolls down to. But nobody wants to go and see a team that gets beat down. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Now, I know people are going to call up, what about Appalachian State when they played Michigan? Yeah, you have one of those every now and then. But every weekend, we've got 40 and 50-point blowouts that are just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. If you want to respond, 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. The only way to get people in the stands, in my opinion, is schedule a better product. I know that sounds like I've completely lost my mind, but hey, schedule a better product. Let's see here. Nick says Old Dominion over Virginia Tech this year. Yes, sir, but that was actually at Old Dominion. So, you know, you can't. The games at Old Dominion, Virginia, Virginia Tech scheduled them there. <clears throat> so that's thing number one. Mike says all teams should play 10 conference games. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. If you have 10 conference games, your other out-of-conference games should be a, a Power 5 team, and then you schedule one team that is an in-state team. So you can fund programs like Furman, Wofford, South Carolina State, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It just makes the most sense. But I think a lot of it comes back to, if you really, if you really got to the nuts and bolts of it, Alabama doesn't have this problem because they're so much better than everybody else. But when you're a team like LSU, let's take them for example, because right now they're up near the top of the standings in the uh, SEC West. I would say they're one talent gap below Alabama because pretty much everybody's one talent gap below Alabama. But LSU, their season is the Alabama game. If they win that Alabama game and they win out, they're going to the SEC championship game. I think we all can agree with that and agree on the math and everything else. They've already gotten past Auburn, which is another hiccup in their schedule. But what happens is, is I think these coaches think we play in the SEC and we're, we play a tough enough schedule with the five games that we have against teams from the SEC West. You can make that argument, but you can't come back and say, okay, I'm going to schedule lesser teams in my out-of-conference games and then expect the students to get up on Saturday morning to go to a noon game that you're favored by seven touchdowns. And then you go to your press conference and then you complain about that. Come on, Nick Saban. You're better than that, sir. You are a hell of a football coach. The absolute best in the country. Nobody's going to argue with you about that. But the stuff that you get chippy about is kind of insane. 
it's kind of insane. I think he likes to pick on reporters. I really do. And I think he comes with this because what else can he complain about? His team is winning games by 40 points. If you look at their schedule just this year, they've got a 37-point win over Louisville, a 50-point win over Arkansas State. That's their home opener, by the way. A 55-point win over Ole Miss. The only challenge they had on the season was Texas A&M. They won that game by 22 points. And then they come home, or I'm sorry, the second. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Game in a row in a homestand, and they win by 42 over Louisiana Lafayette. And he's upset? I guess because maybe they didn't cover the, the 49 points in their game, which was what the line was against Louisiana Lafayette, who just wanted to come in and get their paycheck, by the way. Let's make sure we put that out there. It all comes back to the money end of it. I think we all know that. Kind of depressing, though, when you sit here and you want to complain and gripe at the students. Oh, we need a better student section. Really? Really? Come on, man. F- find something else to complain about. Do like what Steve Spurrier used to do. Spurrier would say things that like, yeah, these guys should get paid. Or, you know, he would say things like that. If you want to come across the witty coach, that's the things you do. You don't bitch about the student section. 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number. Either A, lose a game at home, so then they'll know next time, whoa. Maybe this would happen. Or (laughs) schedule better teams. Simple as that. All right, so we're going to take a tour of the SEC and the ACC around both leagues today. If you want to get involved with what I said about uh, strength of schedule and scheduling better teams at home, feel free to do that. The list this afternoon, my top five teams going into the NBA season – I know there's a big section of you like, we're in the middle of basketball season. What's wrong with you? Yeah, but you know what? I love the NBA. Yes, I'm one of the few people that still loves the NBA. And the side note is, is that you watch. Don't lie. It's okay. You don't tell your friends about it, but you watch. And it's not going to be a long and drawn out thing. I've just got my top five teams over in the NBA going into the season. So we'll do that today for today's list. I've also got, as I said, a tour of the SEC and the ACC. What I think about uh, as we go around the conference, some big wins this weekend. So we'll check on that as well. Also, what else do I have today? 
We'll take a moment and stop and talk about uh, C.J. Fuller, the young man who passed away last night, and how certain people are acting silly about that. We'll get into that as well. Uh, Georgia kicking a young man off the uh, baseball team, which, you know, you say stupid things, stupid things happen to you. Why don't we go ahead and do that now? UGA baseball player Adam Sasser dismissed from the team because he's in the stands and he's yelling racial slurs at another athlete. How dumb is that? Here's a thought, by the way. I I did some research, and some of the stuff that he was saying I will not repeat here because I have some home training, and if my mama heard me say some of this stuff, or my grandmama, she would slap me in my mouth. So I won't say that stuff here, especially on the radio. But basically, he was yelling racial slurs at Justin Fields, the quarterback for Georgia. And he said some stuff that people heard. He got called out on it. He tries to apologize on Twitter. They dismiss him from the baseball team. I think that's a good thing. That's a, that's a life lesson for him. I guarantee you he won't be doing this stuff again. This will not happen again. 803-978-1832 is the number. I know that it may look like seem like it's kind of harsh going to him, but think of it this way. What would you rather happen? He can just get away with saying that? How's that going to affect recruiting for the baseball or the football team? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that are thinking, well, he's a kid, he made a mistake. Yeah, but when you make a mistake, you got to pay the price. And by the way, he's a senior, so he's 22 years old. By the time I was 22 years old, I'd finished my first tour in the Coast Guard. You make mistakes, things happen. Out to the phone lines we go. Good afternoon. Welcome into the rundown. Yeah, well, you know, thing is, is uh, some people are allowed to uh, say some things and some aren't. And, you know, I mean, he, apparently the kid was just like saying the N-word repeatedly from the stands. Is that correct? Um, the term he was using was bring in the N-word, bring in the N-word, bring in the N-word over and over and over again to try to get fields on the field. Yeah, you yeah, you just cannot do that. Um, that's that's not right. That's hateful. One problem I have, though, is it's a one-way street. If this happens the other way around, that person needs to be punished, and they're not. That's the only thing that bothers me in this situation is that, I'm just going to say it, if a black athlete came out and said, put the honky in, absolutely nothing would be done about it. And that's the only thing that bothers me about it. But this faster kid has obviously got a lot of hate, so he's going to be an unhappy person. You know, if he wants to be unhappy, that's his choice. But you can't go out and say stuff like that. So have a good day, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you calling. You know what? I agree with you on that. I think it was a two-way street. And as I uh, hit my button there, I should have done that. But here's the thing with that. One of my best friends on this planet is a a gentleman that serves on uh, the Richland County School Board uh, in District 2. His name is Jamie Shad. I mean, we've been friends forever. And... He he uh he sent me like this some reading stuff on how he is working with members of the black community to get young men to stop using the N word with each other. Because he said point blank, if a white guy says it to them, they're angry, but if they say it to each other, it's ridiculous. I think that's the kind of move we need to make, and it's a cultural change thing. We're just going to have to deal with. But you are right about that. If they're saying the same thing, it wouldn't happen that way. But the only way we can fix stuff like that is just through change, my friend. you got to change change things, brother. 
you got to look at it from that perspective and then go from there. I've got my kids at home. We raise them. They don't talk like that. They know better. Things will start changing eventually. 803-978-1832 is the number. 803-978-1832 is the number to call. This is The Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Let's start with our tour of the SEC this weekend. Some big games in conference. The biggest one, in my opinion, number 5 LSU at number 22 Florida. The Tigers and Gators both have some good defense, and they're able to get to the quarterback, something they've been able to do a lot this year. But here's the interesting thing about this game. Florida has Felipe Franks who, in my opinion, is one of the worst quarterbacks in the SEC. Every time I watch him, I'm like, ugh, it's just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Right now, Florida is a a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. Uh, Should be an interesting game, a very close game, in my opinion, but we'll see how that one pins out. I would probably take LSU to win that game the more and more I think about it. My brain goes back and forth on that game. Number 8, Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn, their only loss on the season is to LSU. LSU, excuse me, Mississippi State is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. The Bulldogs, the wheels have fallen off, man. They were talking like at the beginning of the season. They go up and they hammer Kansas State. Then they go on the road, lose at Kentucky, and then they lose at home to Florida. So they're going to go 0 for against the East this year. That's not what you want. Uh, We'll see who comes out on top in that game. Jared Stidham and Nick Fitzgerald considered two of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, even though Fitzgerald has not really played that well. And I don't know what the big deal is with Jared Stidham. I mean, NFL people are like, yes, he's great. Well, tell me what's so great about him. I would love to hear that. 803-978-1832, if you can tell me what's great about Jared Stidham, would love to hear that because I'm not seeing it. I think that uh, Auburn will go in, and I think they're going to walk the dog with Mississippi State this weekend. Number 13, Kentucky at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. They will have that place packed to the rafters, I'm sure. Texas A&M has two losses on the season to Clemson and to uh, Alabama. Yeah, so maybe Jimbo Fisher's got something in the water down there. He's doing something. And Texas A&M looks pretty good. I think they'll run, uh, they'll run the ball a good bit and wear Kentucky out. Kentucky, if they get behind, they try to run the ball the most. I think they have the horses, and they're going to win that game. I would take Texas A&M and give up the points. Alabama at Arkansas. At least this game won't be played in uh, Tuscaloosa, where Nick Saban can complain about the student section. It'll be at Arkansas. Now, the students there won't come to this game because they know their team's going to get hammered. Arkansas is a 35-point underdog in their own house. I think that Arkansas will cover, though, for some strange reason. I I think, I don't know why, but 35 points on the road in SEC play, I know that Arkansas is terrible, but I think it'll end up maybe a 30-point margin. Alabama still with the big win. Nick Saban will still be complaining next week about something else. What's next, Nick? Uh, I don't know. The Cokes are too much. 
The band doesn't play loud enough. What, what do we got? Too many reporters in the reporters' room. The, the trophies aren't shined up enough in the trophy room. I mean, this guy just complains about everything. Vanderbilt at number two, Georgia. Georgia is a 26.5-point favorite. Georgia is an interesting team because I think they have tons of talent. I don't know if they're going to blow anybody out by 26.5 points, though, so I would take Vanderbilt, but I think Georgia wins comfortably. As we look through the rest of the schedule here, Louisiana Monroe plays at Ole Miss. Ugh. I mean, that's one of those games that you just don't care about. Here's the funny thing, though. Ole Miss has no defense, so Louisiana Monroe may score a good bit, but Ole Miss will score a lot more. They're 23-point favorites, and, hey, there's a reason why they're an SEC team, and they should run over the Warhawks there um, And uh, as they move on through their SEC season. By the way, make sure you check out the podcast from yesterday. I had the folks on from the Mazadcast, and they talked a lot about, we talked a lot about Missouri and how they don't they feel up there they don't get a lot of respect from the SEC. Really interesting stuff there. Uh, if you want to go and check that out, that was kind of cool doing that interview with uh, Brendan Anthony yesterday from the Mazadcast. Talked a little bit about the uh, Missouri defense and how they're so suspect which was uh, was kind of cool there. So Missouri at South Carolina, that's the only other SEC matchup. And, of course, uh, South Carolina is a one-point favorite. And if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I think going into the season, when you looked at this stuff, you would have thought, hey, South Carolina should handle Missouri. I mean... What's Missouri got that's better than they than what South Carolina has when South Carolina went up there last year? So the more and more I look at it, I think South Carolina's going to win this weekend and win comfortably. The Missouri secondary is terrible. As long as uh, Brian Edwards doesn't have a repeat performance from last week, he should be open in the middle of the field with a ball a good bit. According to Brendan from up there, that's the biggest hole in the Missouri uh, defense is right there in the the secondary. He said there'll be two or three occasions tomorrow, his words, not mine, where if you're watching on TV, you'll see a Gamecock player in the middle of the field wide open with no Missouri player within 10 yards of him. So I think if the Gamecocks catch the ball tomorrow, especially on the Debo Samuels, Brian Edwards front, they're going to make a lot of plays. They're going to make a lot of plays. And I think the Gamecocks will probably win pretty big on Saturday. So I would take South Carolina and give up the point, which 
it's kind of stupid, I guess. But Gamecocks, I think, will win on Saturday. We we will definitely see. Missouri, though, does have uh, the quarterback in Drew Locke. It could be kind of a shootout game. But I do think that South Carolina has enough defensive players they can make a stop when they want to. And for that, I would go with the Gamecocks on Saturday, even though Brendan was trying to tell me about these running backs that uh, Missouri has. Yeah, I'm not impressed. Not impressed at all. 803-978-1832 is the number. We come back. I'm going to give you my uh, my top five NBA teams going into the season. And we'll take a tour of the ACC later. We've got some interesting games around the uh, the ACC this weekend. Not kind of the shiny, bright, flashy game that you would have uh, with uh, Florida and LSU, but some interesting matchups, to say the least. So we'll get into those in a moment. I've also got some other stuff we'll get into today, including America's team. That's right, I said America's team. The Atlanta Braves tonight, back in the playoffs for the first time in a while. They're on the road at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Remember back in the days when uh, the Braves were in the NL West and they were like battling the Dodgers every year to go to the playoffs? And you're like, how are the Braves in the West? Now the Braves are in the East, and they're matching up with the Dodgers. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I'll give you my breakdown on who I think's got the advantage on uh, both sides of the ball over there. Not much love for the Braves right now. Most people are picking uh, on the national front are picking the Dodgers to sweep the three-game series. What? Kind of hurts my heart a little bit. But it is kind of fun to be watching the Braves play in October. Last year, this time, they were 25 games under five, uh, 25 games back of the Washington Nationals in the NL East. Now they're waving at Bryce Harper as he sits on the couch, combs his beard, and watches the playoffs. That's a pretty good season in my mind. I do think the Braves are a year ahead of schedule. So we'll talk about that as well. Make sure you download the podcast this afternoon. I'll have it up about 5 o'clock today. Also, Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk, he is here at 4 o'clock today. He will take you home this afternoon. He has got everything Clemson, man. All kinds of great Clemson information. And, you know, you don't have to be a Clemson fan to like the show. He does have some cool stuff that he goes over on his show. Sometimes it's kind of funny because there's a – Lawton's got, he's crazy. Some of the movies that he hasn't seen as a guy, you look at him and you're like, what? Then he wants to talk to you about The Bachelor. What is what is his problem? I don't know. The Bald Man on the radio, though, 4 o'clock today. He will take you home this afternoon. And uh, he is uh, rip-roaring and ready to go. He's out at the door now, pacing around, hyped up on his Red Bull. So he'll be in here this afternoon. He'll be uh, squared away. My name is Rob Sanders. You're listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Strap in. It's time for the list. Today's list. And I know people are like, oh, man, he's going to talk about the NBA. Yeah, for just a minute. The preseason kicked off. And you know what? I'm one of those guys. I watch like NBA TV. I'm not going to lie about it. So here we go. My top five teams heading into the regular season. The Utah Jazz, last season they finished 48-38, and 38, but uh, I like their city, Rudy Gobert. 
Uh, Donovan Mitchell is he's no longer a rookie. I think they're going to be in the up and coming as far as um, the West. Number four. Number four goes to the Houston Rockets. I like um, I like the fact that they've got James Harden and Chris Paul. I like their uh, their big center that they've got. They would be moved up higher if they did not sign Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is a cancer and should not be allowed to play on any team other than the Charlotte Hornets, who don't care about winning. Number three. Number three is the Philadelphia 76ers. They're like the blue-collar team in the East, in my opinion. They got a lot of guys that just work hard. Joel Embiid, of course, uh, Ben Simmons. Just, uh, I think they're going to have a better season than last year, and they will... uh, they got a lot of talent on that team. A lot of talent. And I think they're going to come out and give my number two team some issues in the East. Number two. Number two is the Boston Celtics. They have the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. And uh, Coach Edwards there. Also, Terry Rozier is a good player. You've got um, uh, Bledsoe. And, of course, the guys they've got coming back, the Celtics are going to be really tough in the East. And number one. I mean, no surprise here. you got to go with the Golden State Warriors. Not only do they have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, and Klay Thompson, then they sign sign Boogie, man, one of the best centers in the league. I'm wondering where they're going to put him in there because he's used to – I don't know if he's going to be used to the kind of uh, pace that they want to run. But guess what? They've only got him for a little bit. They're not paying him a lot of money. They can just sit him on the bench, tell him, hey, we just need you for the playoffs. Just go out there and do your thing, man. When we have a tough center matchup in the playoffs, we'll put you in there and you can do your thing. So there you go. My five NBA teams going into the season. That's this afternoon's list. A new list every day at 3.30 right here on The Rundown. Team's not quite making the cut. Actually, one team that didn't make the cut that I look back at it now and I'm like, huh, you know what, I kind of like them. That would be the Toronto Raptors. Um, They have the luxury now of not having to play against LeBron James because they're scared to death of LeBron James. They've shown that year and year again in the playoffs. Um... They did bring in Kawhi Leonard, even though it's for just a year. Danny Green is a great player as well. And they um, they are, in my opinion, one of the sleeper teams in the East. If they weren't stupid and got rid of like their former the guy who <laughs> is the coach of the year, how, how do you fire the coach of the year? That That's just stupid on an epic level. But uh, Dwayne Casey is gone, and then they've got... Uh, Nick Nurse is their coach, but I think they're going to be all right and that they may make some noise and and challenge some teams in the East. They may finish second or uh, third, depending on how Philadelphia grows. And if Boston gets the right mix, which is what they normally do anyway, because they've got a heck of a coach. All right, so here we go. The rest of the afternoon, I'm going to go ahead and give you my Braves rundown real quick. The final segment will be our tour around the ACC for the weekend. Right now, we've got the Braves tonight matching up with the Dodgers. Here's the interesting thing. The the Atlanta Braves making their return to the playoffs. It's been a while, man. Been a while. The Dodgers have, like, one of the highest payrolls in baseball. And to be honest with you, they've got, in my opinion, the edge on the mound. I mean, you throw Clayton Kershaw out there. 
he's still Clayton Kershaw, even though he's had a little bit of issues. Rich Hill is a great pitcher that they have as well, but if everybody does what they're supposed to do, the Braves may not even see him. He may start game four. That's how deep. Hyun John Ru is their game one starter tonight. I hope I pronounced that correctly. If not, Mr. Ru, you can come and see me, and I will apologize face-to-face. I don't have a problem with that. But he is a pitch really, really good this year, a 1.97 ERA. Kershaw is at a 2.73 ERA. So hits are going to be hard to come by for the Atlanta Braves. The Dodgers, though, they have had some issues with the bullpen. I think the Braves have the advantage there. Uh, the Braves on the mound will start with uh, Fulton tonight. And then game two starter will be Anibal Sanchez, who they picked up off the woodpile. And then Kevin Gossman will go for game three. So the Braves will uh, put out their one, two, three starters there. Tehran and uh, Sean Newcomb are the guys that may go in game four. The lineups, you know, everybody seems to like the Dodgers. I like um, Turner over at third base. and But I'll take the Braves outfield over and over and over again. I mean, you've got Ronald Acuna. You've got uh, Ander Inciarte in center, and then in right field, Nick Markakis, who hit almost 300 this year. Everybody's going to talk about, oh, well, Yusel Puig is so much better out and right for the Dodgers. Yeah, but he hits 40 points lower in the lineup. Excuse me, 40 points lower as far as batting average goes than Markakis. I think Markakis is an underrated guy, and... I think the Braves have the advantage on that front. Freddie Freeman is is the better first baseman. The Dodgers have the advantage, in my opinion, at catcher. But, um, of course, you got Ozzie Albies at second. I think he is uh, the better second baseman there. The managers, in my opinion, are about even. Dave Roberts won the Manager of the Year in 2016, led the Dodgers to the World Series a year later. Still, he's got a ton of talent. His team should be here. I think the Braves, in my opinion are a year ahead of schedule. So Braves fans, you know, you go out today, and uh, I've seen a lot of people running around town, a lot of Braves hats that I hadn't really seen. But I think Brian Snicker has done a heck of a job and gotten getting the Braves to where they are now, winning the NL East. I think they've ended up winning by like 10 games over the Phillies. So that's interesting on that front in itself. But the Braves, in my opinion, are a little bit short in this series. I don't think that they're going to win the series, but I do think that they're going to give the Dodgers the old what for there. And if I'm wrong, I'm great. Yeah, I'm great with that. Uh, 538, the uh, percentage site gives them a 71% chance, as far as the Dodgers go, to reach the NLCS. So, I mean, it's not like just roll the balls out there, though. If Fultonavich can uh, go out and throw a gym tonight and outduel Ryu on the road, that means you're going to have two games in Atlanta at least, and it could get interesting. It could get interesting, but I think it all starts tonight. If the Braves go out tonight and they hit them in the mouth, Kershaw will come back tomorrow night and try to, in my opinion, put the bandage on there. Then it could get interesting in Atlanta. But if the Braves go out tonight and they get rolled, it may be a three-game set. 803-978-1832 is the number to call if you want to talk a little bit of baseball this afternoon. We don't have a problem with that. Great game last night with uh, the Yankees and the A's. The A's went with like a, uh, like we're just going to start the entire bullpen, which is an interesting idea in a one-game playoff, but it didn't work out too well for them as the uh, 
Yankees advance to play the Boston Red Sox. The teams are the two best records in the American League. So that should be an interesting series. A lot of hatred there. I wish that was a seven-game set instead of a five-game set. But I think the Yankees have the better bullpen, in my opinion. And I think they have the better lineup. And I think they may take the Red Sox. We'll see how that game goes. Rockies and Brewers also get underway tonight. Kind of an interesting matchup there between two teams that I don't think a lot of people expected much of both of those teams this season. But we will see how that series go. The other matchup uh, in the uh, in the AL is, um, as I've got my notes scrambled here, but I know the Indians are in there as well as... So I'm looking at my stuff here. Whoa, the Astros. There we go. Indians and Astros. So we'll see how that series goes as well. I would love to see the Red Sox and the Astros battle in a seven-game set because I think they're both really good teams. But we'll uh, we'll see how that matchup comes along here as uh, we get some postseason baseball underway. All right, when we come back, I know you football fans, you're going to be like, all right, fine, get back to the football. Well, I've got my tour of the ACC when we come back. Interesting games around the conference. I'll give you my thoughts on each of those when we return here in just a moment. You are listening to The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. Welcome back to The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. You know what? When's the last time you had your insurance checked out? Got to make sure your insurance is right, man. Think about that. If it's not right, when something happens, you could have a problem. Well, you don't have to worry about that. If you call Brent Branham and Heather Brewerton at the Chapin Farm Bureau Insurance Agency, 803-345-5756, they can get your insurance squared away, man. Make it real simple for yourself. 1409 Chapin Road in Chapin, the Farm Bureau Insurance Agency office, Brent and Heather, will make sure your insurance is right. You know, I was talking earlier about Nick Saban and the folks at, our, the, or at Alabama talking about, hey, um, no students showed up for this game against Louisiana Lafayette. Something hit my mind there for a minute. Before we go to the tour of the ACC, I figured I, I would share this. If you remember, we're like at the three-year anniversary of like the 100-year flood, you know, where we, there were so many businesses damaged down in, uh, in uh, the Five Points area and the Garners Ferry area and stuff like that. If you remember, Clemson played Notre Dame that weekend in football up in the upstate, and it was a monsoon up there. I was at that game, and to put this out there, the interesting thing about that is people wanted to see that game. They sat through a rainstorm. So wrap your head around that there, Nick Saban. If you schedule somebody like that, just saying. More people are liable to show up, or more likely to show up. And uh, you don't have to worry about the student section not being amped up enough. I was at the Clemson game. The Clemson student section was on fire. And they were there, and it was muddy, and they were sitting on the hill, sliding around. But it was full. The entire stadium was. So cut cut the crap with, well, they should show up for all of it. Yeah, schedule better games. That's how you fix that. 
Let's go around the ACC. We'll start with Georgia Tech and Louisville. Louisville, in my opinion, is having a lot of problems. And Bobby Petrino just doesn't seem to have the answers there anymore. I think he's on his way out. Georgia Tech is a four-point favorite. I think I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. Take Georgia Tech and give up the four points. We've also got Syracuse and Pittsburgh. You know, Syracuse has uh, that big quarterback, Eric Dungy, who is just a blood-and-guts type player. Almost got another win over Clemson. Not very many people can say that. He is a great, great player up in the uh, up there for Syracuse. Here's the interesting thing about this game, though. When you look at the uh, the stuff with the Syracuse. Here, let's go to the phone. Somebody's calling me up. Hey, welcome into the rundown. Good afternoon. Hey, Rob. Hey, man. What's up? Well, I called you about two weeks ago, and I was trying. Remember, I was trying to tell you the difference between you and Lawton. Oh, okay. Well, I just started listening to you, and um, I'm kind of frustrated with Lawton. So, I am. I, you had a great show today, and I think I'm going to turn the radio off at four. Oh, don't I'm do kidding. that to my buddy, man. I'm He's a good kidding, guy. I'm kidding. Huh. I just wanted to tell you, I appreciate you do a good job at your show there, and. um I'm a Golden State Warrior fan. I I love what you uh, heard about that new center. That's awesome. Yeah, Demarcus Cousins, big guy. Yeah, we ne- we need we like you said. You explained it perfectly. So let him sit on the bench until we need him. Yeah, I love it. All right, man. Hey, well, thanks for calling today, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Later. Right, thanks. Bye bye. All right, so he likes my stuff with the Golden State Warriors. I found another NBA fan. Look at that. All right, back to the ACC stuff here. I think that Syracuse wins that game over Pitt. They are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I would go with the Orange. NC State and Boston College. You know, I thought this was going to be an interesting game um, the majority of the season. Boston College, I still like A.J. Dillon. I don't really know about NC State. I really don't. What have they done? Not much, man. NC State is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go with Boston College there uh, to pick up the win. I think they'll win that game outright. Remember back when we were kids and Florida State played Miami, and that was like the biggest game of the year? Now Florida State is 3-2, and and they don't look like the Florida State of old. Miami, in my opinion, just looks flat. And, oh, man, you look at this game, and uh, right now Miami – is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida State. <laughs> and I I look at that, and I'm like, I think Florida State is that terrible. So I think I would go with Miami and give up almost two touchdowns to Florida State. When's the last time you heard that happen? Crazy stuff there. Probably the game of the weekend in the ACC, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. The Irish are 5-0. and And they are the team that everybody hates right now. If you're in a Power 5 conference, you cannot stand the Fighting Irish. And you want Virginia Tech to pull off the upset. So I think Virginia Tech, I think that Old Dominion game was kind of a wake-up call for them. I think losing their starting quarterback, though, may end up hurting them a little bit. And you know what? They do have a, a transfer named Ryan Willis. He stepped in and helped them win over... Uh, Duke last week 332 yards and 3 touchdowns so he seems to know what he's doing the line is Notre Dame by 6 I think Virginia Tech is going to knock Notre Dame right out of the playoff picture as they win 
over for over Notre Dame and move themselves up a little bit more in the eyes of folks who are just looking at them like, hey, you just lost the uh, you lost to Old Dominion. How'd that happen? This is how you shine that loss up a little bit and show them, hey, we're still a good football team up here at Virginia Tech. So I think Virginia Tech's going to take that game. Florida, Notre Dame is uh, favored by six. I think the, the uh, Virginia Tech defense will come out, play a good game, and I think they will pull out the win. So tomorrow on the show, as we get set to wrap up this afternoon, you've got Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk showing up next. He will take you home today. As always, we appreciate uh, Lawton here on the show. So uh, listen to his show this afternoon. He'll have everything you need to know as far as Clemson and what their matchup is going on with Wake Forest. You can download the podcast this afternoon. It'll be up at about 5 o'clock. And, of course, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Now, tomorrow, we've got a big UFC card coming up this weekend. Who doesn't like the fights, man? I love watching a good good set of fights. That's barbaric, I know. <laughs> I have to watch them on my phone, though, because my wife's like, I'm not watching that stuff. That's all right. I watch it on my phone. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. It's another Conor McGregor fight tomorrow. Dana White says it should be one of the biggest fights in UFC history as far as pay-per-view buys, etc. Tomorrow, to break down the fight card, my buddy Matt Branscombe from TomorrowFights.com. A great podcast that uh, breaks down just the fighting and boxing game in general. And uh, we'll talk a little fights tomorrow with, uh, with Matt Branscombe. And tomorrow, he's going to be my, my pick'em guy, too. I'm going to give him some football games, and uh, he'll, he'll do the Paul picks with me tomorrow, which is kind of cool. So we'll, we'll do that tomorrow with Matt Branscombe from TomorrowFights.com, previewing the, F, uh, the UFC matchups this weekend. And uh, Matt's like a jiu-jitsu champion, man. He's been to Las Vegas and one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. Not the guy you want to fight with, though. If you're going to pick a fight, don't fight with Matt Branscombe. He looks like he's a little fella, but he's really not. <laughs> Matt comes in here. He's like, man, stop it, Rob. Don't say things like that about me. But Matt Branscombe tomorrow here on the rundown. Of course, we're looking forward to that. I'll also give you some more picks for the weekend. My NFL picks, I'll have those tomorrow. I was at like 60% last weekend in the NFL against the spread. That's pretty impressive. Just saying. Tomorrow, the Paw Picks with Matt Branscombe from TomorrowFights.com. Lawton Swan is next. My name is Rob Sanders. I'm at Rob Sounds Good on Twitter. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.